You're listening to Let's go. the Second Opinion Podcast. Second Opinion on what? I think we should get a second opinion. Where all things gaming are on our mind all the time. That's all I can think about. Just like the name says, we might have some different opinions. So get yelling, laughing, crying, and of course some very opinionated gamers. Here are your hosts, Celeb, Bolt, and TJ. Because it's like when we start the podcast out, it seemingly, it's seemingly like us talking about, man, things have been crazy, man, things have been crazy, and of course, they were crazy again. It doesn't stop. It bro. does not stop. Like twenty twenty point one is what we're in right now. It's it's something crazy, man. It, it really is. It's been one thing after another, and that's been holding us back from doing the podcast or doing video content creation or something. It's always. It's always something, and it's extremely irritating. <clears throat> Frustration. Yeah, because it's like, it's it's always, it, like the last two times that we've been put back on the podcast, uh, it's because of Mother Nature. 100%. Uh, we had the snow. Um, we had that, uh, well, at first we had that big rainstorm and all that other crap that happened, and our internet went out. Um, poles got knocked. Then we had the heavy snowstorm. Limbs were falling left and right. Internet was out. And then we had the craziness that was the um, that was the ice and snow that hit Texas. Snowvid twenty one. It was nuts, bro. It didn't make any sense. Um, and and it wasn't just like te- it wasn't just like North Texas. It was all the way down to Houston. I mean, West Texas. It was like the first time ever that every county in the state of Texas That's was right. under was under a winter wonder winter wonderland winter warning watch. It was just it was crazy, man. Yeah, it was it crazy. Really was um, so like Bolt said, it, it was irritating because we want to we want to do the podcast for you guys on a continuous <clears throat> basis. But when things like that happen, there's nothing we can do about it at all. Shit in one hand, uh, wishing yeah, the other. Yeah, bro, it was for <laughs> real. It was nuts. It was nuts. So, um, welcome back to the Second Opinion Podcast, episode number three twenty. It's your boy Celeb back again, joined by my partner in crime, Bolts. What's up, bro? What's happening, bro? Nothing, man. I know things have been crazy with you as well, uh, working at UPS. Uh, all this weather and stuff put y'all back quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're slowly... We should be caught up at least by either tomorrow or by Friday. Yeah. Uh, we were we were truly a, uh, at least four, day, four days behind starting at the beginning of la- last week on Monday. Um, it, took, it took us about a week and a half to get... Four days caught up, so that's crazy. Bro. Yeah, we've uh, we, we we've been humping it as we yeah. we, have, we surely have, and <clears throat> we basically have been running peak season volume during this last week and a half, <laughs> and uh, and it's it's really it's really interesting because we we ran we we ran this peak season volume with no help. Yeah, it was just people in our center. So um, I mean, I had drivers going out with that normally would go out with 120 stops. They're popping out to 10. You know, and delivering most of it until they can't deliver. I was putting them, I was putting 11, 12 hour days on the, on the road and they would deliver until they just couldn't deliver no more. So it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, but, but we're slowly getting back into, back into, uh, our normal routine. So it's really nuts for sure. But, 
Um, <clears throat> we got a good episode for you. I know there's been a lot of news. You know, PlayStation had their state of play. Um, a lot of people said it was kind of underwhelming or whatever. Oh, hey, also, um, I know you talk about news and you talk about state of play and how, how like, non-entertaining it was by any means. Um, but, like, in two days, we find out about um, Microsoft and... Uh, what the fuck is the name? Uh, the Bethesda. Uh, oh, the EU uh, Bethesda thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, March fifth is when they're supposed to announce if the deal has completely gone through. That'd be so, crazy if it didn't. So, so, so we'll find out on March fifth if that will be a a huge turning point in the gaming yeah. industry. It really will be. Y'all yeah. just, yo, it, it you guys have really no idea. That it, yeah. I mean, it will be. It absolutely will be. I think possibly. I think there's a very big probability of them letting it go through and pass mm-hmm. uh, and as we said on the previous episode that we talked about this on if they do let it go through and it does pass then I do believe that um, <clears throat> I do believe that the um, that Bethesda products will be 100% exclusive I, I just I look I, at I it, know and, yeah. and, and I, I agree about ninety five percent. I can see five percent, and and when I when I say Bethesda products, I mainly talk about Skyrim. Mm-hmm. You um, think Elder Scrolls will still be? Third yeah, part? that's why I mean. We always say Skyrim. Yeah, because you know? that's like <laughs> it's been around since the beginning of time. Of um, Elder, the Elder Scrolls series, I think, is about the one game you can see on everything. Yeah. Now, as far as everything else goes, I can definitely see it being exclusive. You know, Starfield, so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, but the the Elder Scrolls franchise, I can definitely see that continuing to be a multi platform game. Yeah. But that's about the only one I can see if this deal goes through for yeah. sure. Well, we're definitely going to see. We're going to be watching out for it. So, and I'm sure we're going to be talking about it on this next episode. But, um, anyways, but there's been a lot of other stuff, and you know, uh, you know, there was a Nintendo Direct the other day, and they showed off that. Uh, I think Pokemon Silver and Platinum or whatever are coming back as remakes. Everyone freaked out about that. They finally announced that that new Pokemon um, game is finally coming out. The one that's been rumored for some time. It's kind of themed around the style of like Breath of the Wild, open world Pokemon game that yeah. a lot of Pokemon players have wanted. And I mean, it looked pretty interesting the way they, they plan on doing it and, and actually making it, you know, kind of in into the realm of what games are about now absolutely but you know i will say this you know a couple years they they created the ultimate open world pokemon game (laughs) called pokemon go i mean how much (laughs) open world can you get i swear i thought you were about to say pokemon snap (laughs) uh which people are still excited about that too anyways um yeah no it's pretty open world right um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like the the epitome of what open world gaming is, but um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited for everybody. I'm 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 really really excited to see um, to see what the game is going to offer for players and stuff. But um, overall, like I said, um, we got a couple of things uh, to talk about on tonight's show. Uh, some opinions. Uh, me and Bolts are going to do a, um, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War kind of mid-season, uh, review, kind of our thoughts. 
about some stuff. We're going to talk about how I feel, my thoughts on Sony um, and what they need to work on, uh, multiplayer game styles and if they should change, and a few other things. So before we get into that, let's go ahead and talk about what have we been drinking and what have we been gaming. So Bolts. What, man? I know you haven't had a lot of time to game. <laughs> I really haven't. But if you um, have done any game, No, um, I started playing... Um, I've, I've been on many, many conference calls over the past week and a half. At least four to five a day. Yeah. Um, so um, I bought Monopoly on my phone. I've been playing that pretty religiously. No. I really have. I really have. Um, it's, it's the closest thing besides Risk I can get to world domination. So uh, <laughs> um, I've been playing that pretty religiously on my phone. But okay. uh, but other than that, um, uh, uh, we were ju- uh, Xbox Game Pass EA Play just uh, released Madden Twenty One yes, for did. free. So yes. I, so I'm playing that. I downloaded that. Playing that. Um, I'm playing a, a, a little bit of Dying Light. Not much at all. Yeah. Um, I'm playing a little Call of Duty. Not much at all. Um, for, and I listen. I don't know what the deal is, and I don't know why. But I cannot, cannot get into Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And I don't know why. It's probably just because you've been... No, no, absolutely not. No, because, look, look, I I started and I'm I'm running and I'm assassinating. And then, like, right in the middle of a mission, I'm like, I don't want to play. I I don't know what it is. And it's bothering me. Because because I just got uh um, I think I just got to a DLC part mm-hmm. um, Asgard or whatever yeah as oh, as sick, as um, as now. somebody so I'm really really interested in that and then I I get there as soon as I get there and it runs through Odin's little speech and stuff like that I'm like I'm done Damn, I don't really? know I don't That's know weird. what it is I really maybe don't. it's because you're just like more excited about MLB the show. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I just buy my time until April and May. It, that's <laughs> I and, and that's the way I, I view it. Yeah. Because uh, I don't have much to play. Um, I am going to uh, probably tomorrow. I'm going to buy both little nightmare games, and I want to play both of those again. Okay. Um, well, I haven't played the second one yet, yeah, but I do want to play the first one again. Um, but other than that, I mean, that's really all I've I've really dove into. Uh, mostly Madden. Um, but you know, here, over the next cu- uh, couple weeks, uh. Star Wars Squadron is going to get released to the console. Yes, it is uh, on Xbox Game Pass. On Game Pass, yeah. um, NHL 21. I'm a big hockey fan. Yeah. Uh, NBA, NBA 2K21 is going to get released. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, there's going to be a couple games that's going to get released in the next couple of couple of weeks that I will most likely download and play. Yeah. Get my get my sports fix on for real. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but I will say this. Um, Why did I say it like that? <laughs> I will say this. Uh, March 15th, uh, Game Pass is losing The Witcher 3. So that is a sad, sad day because I do have that downloaded, and every now and then I'll I'll bump into it and just kind of run around with Geralt and just do some things. So if uh, I know this is probably a really stupid question, no, you're good. So if a game gets taken off Xbox Game Pass, you have it downloaded through Xbox Game Pass, and it deletes off your system. Yeah. Uh, what? <sighs> no, no, it doesn't. What well, you also have to realize, yes, it you can't access it because it's not a Game Pass yeah. no more. So you can delete. So you have to delete the game, or you can keep or you it can one way, though, or you can just buy it. But of course, your save data, of course, stays in the cloud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, but yeah, sucks. yeah. But see, we'll see. Rockstar, see, Rockstar when it released Red Dead Two, that short period of time. Yeah. Even Grand Theft Auto, Grand Theft Auto Five, it released yeah. for a short period of time. So. True. Okay. Um, well, gaming wise, I've been doing a lot of gaming. Um, 
recently. We didn't do no gaming during Snowvid. No. Uh, well, <laughs> no, I did. I did. I played, um, I, I, because of the whole snow thing, we were without internet. I, um, t- I think I talked about it on the podcast on the last episode, but I did, uh, I'm very close to platinuming Miles Morales. Like, extremely close. Um, I think I only have like eight trophies to get until I platinum it. And I think one of the trophies is like get a hundred times um, combo. The other one is one of them is a hidden trophy. Another one is to I have to play through the game again. Um, beat beat the game on New Game Plus, which I'm, I did already. Um, What's the other one? I have to sneak into an enemy's headquarters without being detected. Right. Like, sneak all the way through it, which I'm like, how the freaking heck am I going to do that, man? Hey, man. Hey, I understand. Uh, Mass, Mass Effect 2. Um, because I have I have every single achievement of all of all four Mass Effect games, yeah. if, if anybody really cares. Um, <laughs> the last one I had to get, actually, came many, many years after it. And that was uh, beating Mass Effect 2 on insanity and i'm sure th- that was that was one of the hardest things tough. i've ever done because you know the the, the main you know the elusive man was a bad guy in mass effect 2 of course mm-hmm. mass effect 3 and stuff like that but the the uh harbinger which was uh which was a reaper who could who could uh uh control a collector mm-hmm. and when he did he became the super powerful biotic creature and you just couldn't do nothing with it. Yeah. And and the moment he was like uh, assuming control, yeah. it was like fuck, <laughs> you know. And it was it was so so hard. Yeah. So hard. But so I absolutely understand, man. Just, yeah, just it's get tough, it done, bro. bro. I mean, and you know me. I'm not usually the type of like sneaky. I try to have like a good balance between both. Right. You know, but for the most part. I mean, because I've upgraded most of his skills uh, for like his invisibility and all that other stuff. Yeah. Um, to where he like he like I'll uh, make sure that if I'm going into an enemy headquarters, I, I make sure to get the attachment that like I, I if I hold still, then my vis- invisibility lasts longer and stuff. But it's tough, man. It is definitely tough. But I've been playing. Uh, Sackboy Big Adventure with Dara. Um, we're pretty close to beating that, but we have to go back and get some. Uh, there's only a couple of levels that we didn't get all the um, all the bubbles for. Um, I tried to play Control. Okay, um, I don't know if you played Control Bolts. No, I have not. Um, but it wasn't in, in a, a console exclusive at first on Xbox. It's done by Remedy, so that's why I really want to play through the game as much as possible. Um, because Remedy is one of my favorite studios. You know, they did the Max Payne series, uh, and that right there speaks for itself. Max Payne, still oh. to this day, is one of those games that was just like, oh my god! Like Max Payne One was great. Even Max Payne, I think a Fallen Angel, I think is what it was called. You talk about the third one or the second one? Second one. Um, that that was the fall of Max Payne. The fall of Max Payne. Yes. Um, that was that was a really good game. The third one took it somewhat in a, in a different direction. Um, but it was still good. It was still Max that, Payne. That, that first one is burned into your skull, bro. Bro, yes. I remember downloading it on my Note 4 uh, through the Google Play Store and playing it. And it was, I was still just like, oh, my God, this game is so good. Because um, it had that comic 
noir style of gameplay and jumping. It was one of those first games that kind of did that type of slow motion style. Like mm-hmm. you jump in the air and shoot somebody and stuff. Man, it was cool. Um, and we're not even, we're, and we haven't got to the story of Max Payne. Jeez, man, it's a. I remember, man. Uh, I remember when Max Payne launched on PS2. Uh, playing through that first scene, you find out that Max's family's been murdered uh-huh. and stuff like that. I was like, oh my God. Oh, yeah, bro. It's, it, it it's, was, it's crazy. Incredible. But Control seems to have that type of story too, but it's like a mind-bending story. But so far from what I've played since it's come on to um, PlayStation, I don't know, man. I think it's too. It's almost like too much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it still has the same type of gameplay <laughs> as like Max Payne that like you can never walk. You know what I'm saying? You really can't. Like you have to barely move your barely move your thumbstick up to walk. And I'm the type of guy like if I'm not if it's if I'm trying to get to just one area to talk to somebody, I try to make my my game seem more cinematic and pull me in. So of course like <laughs> of course if I was, if it was real life, I wouldn't be dead sprinting through a building to go speak to somebody <laughs> I haven't met yet. So when she takes off, like she's just running, and I'm like, Good, slow down, chill, let's walk. But it, it, I know that's a very small thing to complain about, but graphically it looks fantastic, and a lot of the visual aspects I really like because I think there's a lot of times they kind of add like CGI in-game graphics with actual real scenes that they've shot of the actors and stuff. I thought that was really cool really cool but i think i need to give it a little bit more of a shot um but just right now i'm i'm not playing uh i'm not playing it but um i started playing medieval again uh and i also started playing ufc 3 um i'm probably gonna buy ufc 4 uh but ufc 3 i've had a lot of fun on i played it on normal um and playing it on normal you know how i am bolts whenever i get into those type of games i always create my friends Mm -hmm. in those games instead of myself so i created tj Mm -hmm. and the dude looks just like him bro but i ended up getting it to the point on normal that i um had the ability of retiring with a 31 and 0 record and i was knocking people out um within the first uh like within the first round almost every fight like there was never a time i went went into the second round until i think i faced off against a rival um but within the first couple of seconds i knocked him out but um i think he ended up being an undisputed champion and it was really cool but what i hated about the career mode is that you become the undisputed champion and then that it's pretty much it you know like you get challenges by like it's like who you can't like I clicked on the challenger, it was like select next fight. I clicked on the challenger and it was like York's been dwarfing or something. <laughs> <laughs> this is dude like this weird like shaved head and the other side of his head's braided and his like records like four and seven. I'm like, <laughs> why is this a title match? Like I don't understand why this is a title match, but <laughs> it was I don't know, man. I, I wish they would have expanded it more to where I don't know if they did that on UFC 4, um, but I wish in the career mode, I don't know, or at least have a dynamic story mode. You know what I'm saying? Like I, they would, do in you know, with, with that, you would have to go with a, a, a huge dynamic story But even, story in, like, mode. I mean, the way they do it in, like, Madden, which I really liked, it shows your player going through college, 
um, and you know you play or whatever else, and then you get picked up in the NFL and you just keep going or whatever else, and um, you have a pretty cool thing, you know what I'm saying? Which you know that's another weird thing is that Ty Sheridan was in the game, you know he's in the career mode of Madden, which oh I know I was like what the right. fuck. I saw him like walking up. I'm like, is that Ty Sheridan? <laughs> but but I will say this: if if you, you coached him in Pee Wee football, I know it's crazy. Like, is that not weird? That He's is, a character it, it, in Madden. I know. Um, EA could actually take a few notes from MLB the from MLB the Show and from 2K. Yes, because the 2K storyline in NBA 2K is yeah. Top, top. I remember tier. you told me it was really good. It's got and, like drama and all kinds. I mean, of it really stuff does. And 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 MLB the Show. I mean, you basically. You start from from high school going through the showcase, so colleges could possibly pick you up, or even major league, excuse me, <laughs> baseball teams. Yeah. And um, after that, after the showcase, you have a you have a choice. You can either get drafted, or you can, aka, go go back to college for a year or two and develop your skills a little bit more. And then once you get drafted by an MLB team, then you got to start in Class A. If you're okay, you can get to class class AA. Mm. Then if you know, depending on how well you do, you can either go straight to the MLB in the August call-ups and then get sent back down to AAA at the start of the next season. I mean, yeah, it's and you actually play for like some of these minor league teams. Oh, absolutely, like that. that's cool, man. That's one hundred percent. But that's what I want in UFC too. Like they ha- they kind of have it set up like like that. But you're you're in the WFA, and then. And I hope that they they updated it even more in four. But you're in the WFA, and I think I had maybe five fights. And then Dana, Dana White was like, "Oh man, you're you know you, we're gonna move you up to the UFC." It was like that. Like yeah, there wasn't see, many cutscenes. Right. They showed see, a lot of kind of scripted they, they, they stuff. They should really do like the old uh, like the Rocky style or something Bro, like that. Bro, just a perfect Where, for instance, Fight Night. You know, Fight Night. They even yeah. have music from Fight Night in that game. The Fight Night story mode and stuff i loved it man bro it, that it, it, in that deacon frost is that who was that who was what was his name i think it was something it was deacon frost in the in the last fight night yeah game and he because, was a man to bro, face off against. and it was it was so cool it was so so cool but that's what i want i want some of these fighting games and sports games to introduce more dynamic storylines i'm gonna tell you one that i really liked and I know, um, I know that that some people didn't really play the game a lot, um, but it, it, one of the biggest things about some some fighting games nowadays is that um, how, how, what am I trying to say? Is that they do have really great dynamic stories. You're gonna talk about more combat, aren't you? No, I'm oh. not. Um, it's actually one that a lot of people probably don't know about, but Def Jam. Oh, my um, Jesus, bro. Def Jam was such a good game. Man. Bro. Def Jam was a great game. Def Jam, fight for New York, bro. bro. Def Jam, fight for mm. New York was fantastic. And I don't know what... Makes my heart happy thinking see. about Def it. Def Jam. Happy, PS3. happy, happy, happy heart. Def Jam Icons uh, came out on PS3. Um, now, I will say, I don't know if Def Jam Icons was as good 
Oh, no, it as was it not. was on PS2, but I still personally liked it. Um, it was done by EA, too, and I would love to see Def Jam's come back because Def Jam's had a great story, bro. Like, it had it had a lot of drama and all this other stuff. You got to fight against some of the biggest rappers and all this, and it was really cool. But UFC, I just feel like they really kind of fell short because I was thinking in the career mode, I was like, okay, you know, it's going walk to walk you through all these steps and do whatever. Like, you take on a fight. It shows you basically pay-per-view stuff. And you could do training. You could do uh, basically your own um, PR Mm -hmm. um, to where you're like, oh, well, it gives you the option of like, oh, use 20 points and you can stream uh, the game or whatever else. And it shows like a social update. It's like, oh, I had a lot of fun playing UFC 3 with everybody. And and that gets the popularity um, of of your fight up. But that's like it. It just felt really hollow to me. So I know I've been going on a long time about this, but I just really want more dynamic fighting stories. That's it. Um, I also played Outriders, um, the Outriders demo. So I don't want to sound negative. Let me say that because this is being done by People Can Fly. Um, now, People Can Fly have helped work on Gears of War. Um, I feel like the game feels too much like Gears of War, bro. Oh, um, really? I really do, man. I really do. And you, well, you, and you don't like Gears. I, it's, no, no, no. It's not that I you don't have to, like you Gears. Because you don't like the roadie run. Well, see, and you don't do the roadie run in here. <laughs> but it just like... I don't know, man. That was the first thing I thought about. And I totally forgot whenever I was playing this that People Can Fly was doing the main development. I just thought Square Enix, you know, because they're they're uh, helping publish the game. Right. But this is, this is a demo, you know, so it is kind of baseline. But also the game has a lot of pauses in, in between cutscenes. Um and I did not like that. You, you will have a gameplay section to where you're like, for instance, there's one time that this like you know electrical storm starts hitting, and you see these red areas pop up on the ground. And you're trying to like run in between them, and make sure you don't get struck. And then you get to the end of that, and then everything fades, and it goes to a cutscene, and it shows a cutscene. And then once that cutscene is done, it goes to a gameplay session, and then everything fades, and it goes to a cutscene. Uh, bro, I hated it. Hmm. I mean, it, to me, it just really took me out of the game. Right. Um, and they said there's a reasoning behind it. I don't know exactly what their comment was on it, but I, I just didn't like it. And it just felt like I have played this game before. You know what I'm saying? Like hmm. that from from the entirety of the demo that I played, it just felt like I've played the game already. Right. You know, and yeah. I'm really glad that everybody's very excited about it. I think some of the rare weapons and stuff like that, like these bone and like like organic style weapons and stuff are really cool but i don't know man it just it really to me it just felt like something i've already played you know like the 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 whole scene you know you this guy you're trying to get him to oh you got to call this stuff in call this beacon in or whatever and you're running over there to stop him and you're you know he's calling you a traitor and you're shooting these people and i mean bro it's just really base to me man like you it was literally something like I, I felt like I had already played through it um, and 
I don't know. I'm just uh, after playing the demo. I, I can't say that I have been excited about the game, but after playing the demo, I, I like certified that I'm like I'm not gonna get this. Well, there you go. You know, <laughs> you're like you drug that out. Just say you're not getting it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I've been playing Fortnite as well. Um, they've been bringing out some really cool skins recently. They brought out some iconic gamer skins with Ryu and uh, Chun Li from Street Fighter. They also brought out a really cool Ridley Scott pack, um, uh, which was fantastic. Um, and the Xenomorph on there is really cool. Uh, but outside of that i have also been playing call of duty black ops cold war and i'm not going to get into that much because i want to talk about it later when we do our review but let's just say season two has a lot to offer so got that all off my chest 27 minutes into the show and i talked about 20 million games that i played i've missed doing the podcast bolts i don't know what to tell you i don't blame you bro i know you've missed it too Bro, you <laughs> dick. Um, so, really cool news. We're going to get right into the top gaming news before we talk about our main topics. Um, really, really cool news, man. So, they released that alien skin, and I've been playing through that, and I was like, you know what? I- I'm tired of watching everything digital all the time and playstation just announced that they're doing away with their digital video store so you're not going to be able to buy um videos and all that other stuff through the playstation store anymore because i've been wondering that i'm like why aren't they supporting it with the ps5 and that's why because they plan on doing away with it because of the success of all these third-party apps um so i went and bought the blu-ray set of aliens uh like the full you know movie set right um and i watched Almost all of them. Um, And I watched Prometheus. And then I was at work yesterday. um, And I went on lunch. And then I saw everybody tweeting. And I'm like, what's going on? I look on there. And it's like, huge news. A new game brought to you by Cold Iron Studios in collaboration with 20th Century Fox has been announced. And it is called Aliens Fireteam. Now, Aliens Fireteam is a co-op shooter um, that you could play with friends and take down xenomorphs is a new co- a cooperative third par- uh, third person survival shooter set in the aliens universe the game is set 23 years after the original aliens trilogy and drops you into the role of the colonial marines a board the USS Endeavor. So on the USS Endeavor, you are tasked uh, with answering a distress call in the outer colonies, which always seems to be the case. Uh, you, you, you figured by this time we learned to stay away. Yeah, just stay away from it. What's wrong with you? If they're distressed, they're already dead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's been too many people dying from Xenomorphs. We're not going out there. Uh, in the game, you'll uh, enter overrun facilities, abandoned ruins, and traverse strange alien uh, landscapes as you battle enemies across four campaigns uh, with two others or AI teammates through a uh, through replayable missions. 
There will be over 20 enemy types from Xenomorphs to Wayland Synthetics, which is really cool. Um, you, will, uh, you will need to use cover tactics and team strategies to eradicate all the threats. Uh, there's five characters that you can choose uh, through, various customization uh, for your characters and weapons, character progression, adva uh, advancement systems, and much more. So um, I will say this is coming from a studio that I've never heard of, <laughs> um, but I'm not, I, I don't think this game is going to be horrible. Um, I, do I think the game is going to be perfect? Of course not. But I think from the gameplay, like the alpha gameplay that we've seen and the images that have, that have been released, it does have a lot of potential to be something very fun. Right. No, and I agree 100%. Um, just watching the little gameplay video of just this these horde of waves of just xenomorphs coming and going and... Um, and if it's cross-platform, that'll make it even better. Yeah, because if it's cross-platform, if you plan on getting it... Well, if like, it's cross-platform, absolutely, we'll have to get it. So yeah. we can both definitely play. Yeah, because I think you and me both are pretty big fans of like aliens and predators. Oh, dude, dude, the Alien series is, is where it's at, man. Bro, and I watched Covenant today, and... I feel like, you know, aliens, like, you know, alien, aliens, alien resurrection or whatever else. It was always, you know, pretty grotesque. I, I would think resurrection was the one that kind of pushed it to that point. You're like, yeah. oof, man. Yeah. Yep. Um, but Covenant. Uh -huh. Good God. <laughs> I mean, Prometheus had some areas in it that were like bloody and stuff like that. But damn, bro. Covenant just... It, it was like that top tier, like, oof, it yep. just makes you, oh, man. The scene, I I, I was I, I was so into the movie, I was like I was like yelling at the guys as many times as I've seen it. Like, that dude walks over there, and he, like, steps on that little seedling thing. Uh -huh. He comes up there, and he blows the smoke into it. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> What teacher or where did you go when you were being trained to where they're like, if you get on an alien planet and you step on something, you see something float up, kind of fuck with it a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, who taught you that this was okay? I'm seeing these dudes do this shit. And like the other guy that got sick as well, he like leans on there and he's like, hey guys, did you see this thing over here? And then he like touches it and it like gets into his fucking nose. Yeah. What are you thinking? You are on an alien planet. Like, I, out of every movie I've ever seen before, it is always, don't fucking touch anything. It's, it, it's like it's like when you're a child going to, like, you know, the glass shop. Your mom's like, don't touch anything. Oh, yes, you will die. <laughs> it's the same thing. You're on an alien planet. You have no fucking clue what's on there. You see something that is very strange looking, and you decide to fuck with it? Come on, bro. Like, use your head. Um, but... Just the, the the rampage from these aliens, from these early formed xenomorphs, was just nuts to me. Like, the scene when right after the dudes die. First right. off, I mean, when the dude dies and she locks the captain's wife in there uh -huh. and that shit shoots out of his fucking um, yeah. mouth and shit. Uh -huh. Oof. Man, it made me. It just made me shake. I was like, "Oh my god!" But then the scene when it's dark, 
and there's multiple little xenomorphs running over there and that tail comes around and rips that dude's jaw off i was just i was like fuck man like i actually had to kind of like i like clicked it once towards like 1.5 fast forward to like move it forward because it was kind of making me sick i was like Oof. but then um i think the creepiest scene in that movie is whenever they uh they follow david to the the destroyed city and that alien follows them as well and that chick is taking the shower and she turns around and that motherfucker is standing straight up like a human just yeah. standing there uh-uh and then fucking weird ass David's like I'm making a connection with it. It's just kind of like blowing air in a horse's nostrils, and he's like, and he like blows back at it. Like, no, bro, fuck you. What's wrong with you, man? She he just completely devoured a human being. But you know, you find out that you know David hates humans. Um, but anyways, going off on a tangent, um, I am very excited for this, and I really hope. As, as Bolt said, that there is cross-platform play. Um, because there is... Um, the, the worldwide release for this is going to be on Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, uh, PlayStation 5, PS4, and Steam. Um, so I would really love to play this game with Bolt. Um, because I'm just an Alien fan. I love, I love Absolutely. it. I love it, love it, love it. <clears throat> And I still remember the Gearbox Community Day. Being right there up front and getting so excited for a game that never came out. <laughs> so depressing, man. So depressing. Right on the front row. So excited seeing it. And we were let down. Um, <laughs> moving on from that, EA has announced that it has delayed the new need for speed. Um, and... Some fans were a little upset about it, uh, but at the same time, I think this is a good thing because um, it gives time for them to mainly focus on that because they want Criterion Games to help EA DICE with the development and release of Battlefield 6. It says, a new report from Polygon has revealed that Electronics Arts is planning to delay the launch of the next Need for Speed franchise. For the time being, the developer will be moved over to help with the development of Battlefield 6, which is still aiming to launch on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X later this year. So, though some people may be a little upset about this, Need for Need for Speed fans and, and so on and so forth, um... I think that this is a good move because Criterion has uh, a multitude of extremely highly talented developers that can help uh, speed up the launch of this game uh, to where it doesn't get delayed. Um, now, what's great about Battlefield 6 as well is, as we said in the last podcast, Battlefield 6 is going to be bringing back... Um, uh, modern combat as well as some of the largest scale battles that we have ever seen in a battlefield game so i am very very excited for this I, i'm a huge battlefield fan i know a lot of my friends even like bolts um aren't the biggest battlefield fans um but i think one person that can at least um that can at least appreciate it is bolts because I think when we saw Battlefield 5, 
when it was full on, like right when the game came out, or no, I'm sorry, I was doing a review for the game. Yes. And you came over, and we were just watching some of the story scenes. You know, even Bolts was like, "Holy shit, this is beautiful." You know, the graphics on the game, the the style of gameplay, and the fact that these that this game is going to take full advantage of the next generation consoles is very exciting. So, uh, Bolts, what do you think about their move of making Criterion help with the release of this game? Um. You know, I, that all the kind of the thing I'm worried about is they're sending help so they can push out the game, so there's no delay. Now, once again, we go to that 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 million dollar question: Are they going to rush to get it done with all the help? You know, so it's it's kind of a it's it's one of those catch twenty twenties. It's just yeah, you're sending all the help. You got all these you got all these hands over here to make this Battlefield Six. Hopefully, and of course, I was reading down and said, hopefully, re- be released uh, March of twenty two of twenty twenty two. And of course, they're also talking about they want the Need for Speed game to be re- to be released as far as March twenty twenty two as well. So, you know, they they they're sending help to go get Battlefield six, the bulk of it done, and then the, apparently they're going to bring back and start on the Need for Speed game. You know, whether they do that or not, just. If, if they're putting the bulk of the help out there to rush this to get it done in a year, you know, I know they've been working on it previously. They've been working on it for a while. But if they're going to, but if they're trying, if they're, if they're trying to rush it to get it done by a certain date, that yeah, never, bo- that hasn't bode well. Seriously, it hasn't for a lot of games over the past couple of years. You know, it's almost to the point where it's like, hey, it's going to release in 22. And, 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 and the year 22. And then when it releases, we'll let y'all know. That's that's how I feel. That's seriously that's how I feel. Games should start start announcing it. Yeah, it'd be like, hey, we're gonna release it uh, late twenty two. Yeah. Okay. So I should expect it sometime between September and December. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. You know, I, so so as long as they're not rushing this to get this done at a certain period of time, which of course they're looking at. Um, and I, by all means, I don't think the game is going to be crap. I really don't. I think I what mean, they said when when they, I don't think they gave any type of release date outside of someone saying their goal is to release it holiday of this year. See, that to, to me that would be pushing it because because at the end of this one it says, hey, we're looking at Battlefield and Need for Speed, but being being released on March of twenty two. So really? yeah, um, let me see. Uh, Polygon reports that EA told its investors that both Need for Speed and Battlefield. Would both get new games on Series S and X and PS5 by March of 2022. Hmm. So, uh, I don't know why you went to a completely different website when it was at the. Bottom. No, I know, but. So, I mean, it's just for now, and it says right here for now though, EA is pulling all its resources into Battlefield Six. So, anything and everything they have worked on, like like Motive uh, Gaia. Uh, excuse me, Motives Gaia, even uh, Bioware's Anthem, all that work that people were working on that is going to Battlefield 6. So you're going to have all these hands to get this game out before, whenever they want to get it out. So yeah. I think mainly, I think maybe that statement meant more or less that they plan on releasing both games by that time. Because like two days ago, this was on Tech Radar, it says... They were talking about the Battlefield 6 rumors, saying that there's going to be like 128 players in one map. And it says a new Battlefield, potentially called Battlefield 6, is in development at EA DICE and is set to arrive PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC holiday of 2021. So sometimes in between October and December. So maybe with them 
moving Criterion over, that is their goal is to release it in 2021. Because if that's the case, um, if that's the case, if they don't release it in in 2021 then i think that means we haven't had a battlefield since 2019 so so which it doesn't mean anything to me you know for the longest time they they talked about just stopping battlefield to focus on other uh other properties but at the same time it's just you know actually no uh it was 2018 battlefield 5 released in 2018 so um i guess that's a reason why because what you know that's basically three years or so. Um, but I'm pretty sure the development of these games, usually the way they do them is like when that game's gold, they already have the line out for it. So a game like a, a shooter with EA dice. Yeah. I mean, it is a little worrisome. It is a little worrisome, but criterion also helped with battlefield five. So who really knows? But I mean, I agree with you that, it is it is somewhat worrisome um, that the game could possibly release in 2022, um, or that they could just be trying to rush the game. But who knows? If if it's to the point where you're bringing all this help in to get it done before 21, before the for holiday 21, yeah. To me, that raises flags. I agree. Um, new Deathloop trailer explains the game's timeline mechanics using time loops themselves. It's a pretty funny trailer. It shows the game director basically going through time loops of trying to explain to you the easiest way of what the game is about. Um, but it says the premise of this game is... I think, personally, probably one of the coolest premises for a game. It says the ultimate goal in, in Deathloop is to figure out how to take down all eight of your targets, called Visionaries, in just one loop. Though you start off from the beginning with each death, your knowledge of the targets... Uh, and the world grows every time. In between, in between, you can also upgrade your weapons and abilities for more efficient runs. So, like, let's say, let's say, because I'm sure there's somebody who's going to be able to do it. The the loop is, I think there's four times in the loop. It's like you know, uh, you know, it's not just like nighttime, evening time, and and dark. But I think there's maybe weather changes and all this other stuff. But the main goal is to try to kill all eight of these targets in just one loop. But if you don't, if you only make it to, let's just say, let's say you make it to the, the fourth target and you die, you start back over mm -hmm. with your time loop, but you have a much easier path of killing the ones that you've already killed. You have the knowledge of where they're at. You have the upgrades that you've already upgraded, or you start back in your loop with the ability of upgrading your weapons and making it easier for you to take down those targets. While you're also taking down another assassin that's trying to kill those targets and you. So I, I don't know, man, I'm very excited for this game. Um, I don't know about you bolts, but I'm really excited. Now, this is going to be a PlayStation 5 console exclusive up until, I think, April or May of 2022. Um, but the game looks great. 
I'm very excited. It is from Arcane. So they did say that there's going to be really cool powers and stuff that you can use. And they're actually bringing some powers over from the Dishonored series uh, because they know that fans will love them. Um, so what do you think about Deathloop? I remember when the game was first announced at E3 and you and me saw it, you were like, that looks pretty interesting. Yeah, and, and that's the that's the best way I can describe it at this point because it's just it's, it's one of those games that you're going to have to play and replay and play one more time and play some more times because because this 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 is one of those games with the ultimate perfectionist you know how how quick and how 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 precise can you go kill all eight targets and possibly dodge an assassin without doing this this and this in one loop you know and it's going to be a it's going to be really fun to see how 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 other players are going to play this as well. So it's, it's gonna it's gonna be really interesting. Really I'm sure be. there's probably going to be some people out there that are going to be able to like get it in once. But like right here, there's this power. It's <laughs> really cool, man. There's this power that he's able to shoot this this beam down at one person's head. There's like a total of five targets in one area. <clears throat> so when when he shoots his beam down, it connects to all five of those targets. He shoots that one bullet and it, it's like the bullet transfers through all those loops and kills all of them at the same time. Yeah. That's so fucking cool, man. I mean, that's really really cool, but the customization, the upgrades, the ability of your knowledge of being able to like if you do die, uh, and you have to start back from the beginning of your loop. You'll be able to know where those targets are and know more about them and whatever else. Fantastic. It's so, so cool. Um, it does come out May 21st for PC and PS5. Uh, I will definitely be playing this game. I don't know for sure if I'm going to be reviewing it or not, but it, it does look very very good um so and yeah as you go through these loops or these districts or whatever else it's like morning noon evening and night the weather will possibly change it'll be raining snowing nighttime dark time um but it's just going to be a really awesome game from what it looks like and i think it's going to be one of those games that has extremely creative kills yep. like dishonored does um i've seen some players bro like i've seen some videos of like some of the world's best dishonored players and man it's wild it is wild how they do this um how they do their gameplay and how they play this game but i'm sure that there's going to be a lot of very interesting gameplay shared from this game so this next one is something that me and bolts uh talk about and Ugh. i mean it's just crazy to me that they even thought to to do to do this but e3 2021 live event has been canceled the live component wow. of e3 2021 has been canceled according to documents released by los angeles convention and tourist department a document published by the board of los angeles convention and tourism development uh notes that e3's 2021 physical event has been canceled uh, it says earlier uh earlier of the morning of this post we heard that e3 2021 was planning uh to be a digital only show uh, though official comments says the EA, ESA uh, have yet to materialize exactly what they plan on doing. Apparently, um, we were going to get three days worth of live stream content, remote demos, and more. And it would it was going to take place June 15th 
through June 17th. Gaming, uh, uh, Gaming's Jeff Keighley will not be returning, of course. Duh. Other publishers, including Sony, EA, and Activision, have been moving away from the singular uh, centralized E3 event over the last few years. If, fans, if you're a big fan of expensive in-person events, fret not. The board of Los Angeles is working on obtaining license for the E3 show in both 2022 and 2023. ESA has said that they will share full plans soon so listen when i started in the games industry that was always the goal you know when i started doing writing and podcasting and all that stuff that was the goal and it wasn't just the goal for me it was the goal for all other types of video game journalists or content creators or whatever like one day man one day i'm gonna get to go to e3 so a ton of my friends and a ton of my acquaintances have have gone to E3 for years. And because of the amazing possibilities that Cinelinx has provided me since I started working for them, I had the ability of going to E3 uh, 2018. And um, I, I just really, it blew my mind. It blew my mind. I remember calling you, Bolts. Oh, yeah. Um and telling you, hey, bro, so I got something to tell you. I'm going to E3. And you were like, hell yes, finally, bro. Like, hey, it, you know, it was always a dream of mine to go to a show like that. I mean, I've been to PAX. I've been to every PAX show outside of PAX Australia. You know, I've been to all the other small gaming conventions. I've gone to QuakeCon for 11 years. You know, it, it was you know, it's always great to do these game conventions and it's always great to meet up with friends and whatever, but that was always the goal was to go to E3. So I was able to go to E3 pretty much the last year that it was a really big convention. So 2018, Sony was still there. They didn't have like a really big playable presence, but like they were still there. Microsoft was there. You know, they had, you know, all these games and all this other stuff. And I was able to put my name out there. And even in the aspect of kind of showing the connections and people that I know in the industry to, our, you know, people in at Centrelink. So having Matt and them tell me like, man, we didn't realize how many people you knew in the games industry. So it was a very humbling experience to me. So, of course, you know, the next year we had the ability of going and me, Bolts and Katie went. And though it was a little bit of a strange experience, it was still great. It was, you know, it was it's a memory that will go down in my mind for the rest of my life that, you know, I got to go and cover uh, the Electronic Game Expo. But I feel like it's not more or less the aspect of people not wanting this show. I feel like it's more or less the aspect of the ESA needing to understand that these big publishers are getting wise. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like back in the day, that was the thing. You had the E3 Expo, you brought your games and whatever else, but there's all kinds of stuff out there now that makes it easier for for these developers to broadcast and talk about their games and show things off, um, especially right now with everything still being very closed down throughout the globe. Um, we're, we're obviously not going to be able to get a physical event, but also you got to think like how much the ESA is charging these companies. You know, they're charging them, you know, millions of dollars to, you know, have a booth, 
you know, and you look at like you look at those boots. Like, I mean, look at the like for instance, like the Borderlands booth and the Cyberpunk booth mm-hmm. and Bandai Namco's booth and all this other stuff. You know, like Bandai Namco's booth whenever we went was huge. You know, they had replica you know goku and dragon ball z stuff and all this stuff there like think about how much money they spent not just into having a spot there but the displays themselves how much money they spent to build those displays um so i think the only way e3 survives this and comes out in a positive light of we're, we're about gaming and we're about whatever else is you gotta bro you gotta sit down with these companies you got to contact Sony and Microsoft and Activision and EA and say, listen, man, you know, whatever, you know, we've been charging you too much or, you know, maybe we, we did something wrong or whatever else. What can we do to fix it? Do we need to charge you less? Do we need to try to do something different? You know, go to them and ask them what you think they or what they think you need to change about your event. Um, because like I said, E3 is E3. Now, I will say this. I only have only been to two E3s in my lifetime, but <clears throat> I'm very resourceful. So I'm, I'm always used to going to public events um, or, you know, gaming conventions or whatever else that have the public in them. E3 2018 was crazy. There was a ton of people there, ton of public. There wasn't a, a, a very good like time frame for journalists to get in and get out and do what they need to do. E3 2019 was a different story. There was a, a bigger time frame for, for journalists to do things and whatever else. If you want to make it a public event, that's fine. But then I feel that it needs to be split by days. Not just like, hey, you got the show floor for four hours. You know, it needs to be like if E3 is going to be Monday through Friday, then it needs to be Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and even, you know, like, or whatever, like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, it needs to be just press and just developers. And then, you know, Thursday, Friday is public. You know what I'm saying? You got... You know, developers are going to stay there. All these people are going to go for those two days and try out these games or whatever. That's cool. You know, but there's got to be something done, you know, because I I talk to people all the time in the games industry. And that's the one thing they talk about is how they feel that E3 is dead. You know, so what I mean, what about you, Bolt? Do you think that this type of event for the ESA and for E3 as a whole is dead? Or would you like to see it continue with a lot of improvements? Um, You know, I, I... The only way that it lives on is if, as much as I want to say, don't want to say, is is if Sony comes back. And I know Microsoft and Nintendo can carry, um, along with some of the other, you know, publishers and and developers and whatnot. I know they can carry it. But in in the the gaming industry, it is Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony. And you're one of the biggest, if not the biggest, basically a video game conference and you don't have one of the big three, it will always miss something regardless of what you have there. It will always be lackluster because Sony is not there. So in order for this to continue and succeed later on, you have to have the big three. You, you just have to. That's and, and, and I, and I strongly believe that now, you know, last year, of course it got canceled. Of course, this year it's going to get canceled. Uh, you know, Sony, Nintendo, and Xbox all did their own big thing. Um, and 
if they're not able to get Sony back, that's the where that's the way it's gonna go. And and throughout the year, we'll have Sony will have, you know, three to five conferences of whatever they're gonna release. Microsoft will have three to five. Nintendo will probably have one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because it's either, you know, Zelda, Mario or, or Kirby or something. And some Pokemon. But it's just and, and that's the way it's gonna go. Um, so yeah. if 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 E three ESA and all of them cannot get Sony back to the back to the to the floor to the drawing board. It will always be a lackluster event. It just will be. Um, I think I uh, agree with you, Bolts. I mean, even though 2018 2019 was great and I had so much fun, um, it's it's the spectacle of having those big three. You and, know and, what I'm saying? Exactly because I mean, you walk you walk in, you see boom red, poof, boom blue. Boom, lime green, boosh. I mean, it's just what it is. Yeah. You know? And, and and going back to this whole this whole making it public and whatnot. It and, and don't get and and LA is not hurting for money by any means, because LA is LA. Okay. But the revenue that for a week that this conference brings to the inner that to the middle of that city, are you insane? All the hotel rooms, all the Ubers. All the places that you know you can go eat, I mean that is it's just you know there's yes, L.A. has got one point whatever how many million people yeah, but for for a week and a half that economy is boosted through the roof oh yeah in that small town I mean in that small area yeah so I mean and, and that's another thing you got to look at you know like I said L.A. is not hurting for money by any means because it is a big city it is Hollywood it, it is what it is yeah so but. I mean, all those other those other businesses and possibly some some small town shops and small town hotels and and stuff like that that are the surrounding the convention center. I mean, that's that's money in the bank for a week and a half. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. So, um, and and, and once again, going back to the whole media to the public. Sorry about that. I, I, okay. I, I ran off that, but it really does need to be separated tremendously. Yeah. Um, just, just you know, because you the, would, you only went one year, and you were like, exactly, yeah, bro. You know, the the one year I went with you, and we had we had separate you know meetings and stuff like that. But the moment they opened those doors for the public, all hell was broken loose. It was tough, and it was, it was crazy. It was just it was a flood of people, and by the time they got in there, I mean, all the lines, of course, of all the lines for the huge for the big games were just backed up. Final Fantasy VII, Borderlands, you know, stuff like that. Um, so, but going back to it, they, they definitely need to, if, if they continue to have this somehow, somewhere, if they continue to have this, um, definitely, definitely need to set about three to four days just for media. Um, because cause that's cause that's where, as a developer, as as, as, as a company, that's where your, your name's going to get released. Is by the media, by the journalism, by the people who do the hard work, the groundwork. Yeah. The public is there just to just just there by to buy shit and play stuff. Now, now, mind you, I, um, I agree with exactly what you're saying. Uh, I think that it's not it's not more or less the aspect of of like, well, I don't want to be on the sales floor with a bunch of you know random people from right. The public. No, yeah, you know, it's more or less the fact of like. Our, like 2018 and even 2019, 2019, we had three people, you, me, and Katie, yep. doing all 
the scheduling and everything. Yep. So three people covering E3 as a whole, that's that's a tight ship. That's some work. Which, big shout out to Katie. I mean, we did some video coverage and podcasting and some articles. But Katie, I mean, bro, that, that girl right there can, can write some articles. I'm telling you, definitely check her out. Katie Cake Bites on Twitter. Check her workout that she does on Centrelinks. She is definitely one of the most talented people um, that I've met in the industry in a while. She's a big workhorse, but <clears throat> well, I mean, she's kind of like a work pony because, I mean, she's like, what is she? She's like four foot. I hope to God she doesn't kill me for saying that. <laughs> um, no, but uh, we love Katie. She's awesome, but uh it was more or less the aspect that I just feel that if, if let's just say, E3 starts on a Friday, <clears throat> you know, they have EA Play or whatever, EA Access on on Friday. And then Saturday, you do, you know, the Microsoft press conference and Bethesda right, and whatever right. else. And then Sunday, a couple more. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday for, for press. And then Thursday, Friday, and if you want to stretch it to Saturday, then do that for public. You know what I'm saying? But also know, too, there's probably some content creators out there that got public access by buying tickets or whatever. And I know they're limiting the tickets. They're not just getting, you know, they're, they're not doing it like packs to where there's like 20 to 30-something thousand people in there. It's like 2,500 people or something. Right, but right. still, you know, it's just, it would just, I don't know. That's just me. But I definitely think the ESA really needs to work on a lot of stuff if they want to do a live event and get some of those big names back. So, Bolts, you got the next one, bud. What's the next one? The next one. Oh, of course, it's about Mass Effect, guys. (laughs) It's my cheddar. So, if you haven't heard already, Mass Effect The Legendary Edition will be coming out in May, which is glorious with all the DLC and all the wonderful upgrades that it's going to get. Um, with that, Mass Effect Trilogy Vinyl Collection 4LP box set reveal ahead of the Legendary Edition release. Anybody know what that is? Anybody? You what? know what that is? Vinyls? Yeah. Of course I know what vinyls are. Okay, I was just making sure. Most people you? may not know what vinyls yeah, are. Bro, you were born three years before me. No, I'm saying most people may not oh, know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Records. Vinyls now, vinyls now are really back in... Oh man! Oh, they're hitting the they're hitting the ground running, man. They are. Um, but uh, if anybody is a big fan of the Mass Effect series, uh, then you are a huge fan of the uh, of the score and the soundtrack that comes with it. Yeah. Um, some some of the some of the best music uh, tied to certain scenes and certain certain areas of the games. Um, it's got eighty five tracks, which is <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's really a lot. Um, but you know, for real, for real, this is, this is really, really cool. I will probably buy this just to own it. Um, I, I don't personally have a, a record player. Um, I may buy one, but, um, I will definitely buy this to own it. Um, um, I, I just think it's really neat that they are bringing it to vinyl. It's got a cool little, little white casing with the, with the, uh, with the, with the, basically the N7, uh, Spectre, um, logo on it. Um, but if, if you're a big fan of video game scores, soundtracks, um, and if you're a big fan of Mass Effect, this is really something to add to your collection of, of whatever you have as Mass Effect. So um, this is really neat. I really like it. I think it's really awesome um, because I tell you right now, some of the best music is uh, it's at the um, 
it's towards the end of the first one after you beat Saren and you're crawling up on top of the uh I believe it was a reaper right there or a spaceship I can't remember and then the, and then the music the ending music starts playing or the mission or the soundtrack for the suicide mission on, on Mass Effect 2 um and it's just it, there's certain aspects of the scores that just really divide that define a video game and certain scenes and certain emotions and stuff like that. And, and the score of mass effect is just one of those, one of those things that's just, it's so good. So good. So if you want to experience mass effect without experience in the video game, definitely go out and get this and listen to it. You will be delighted. Well, Jack wall did the composing for mass effect too. And um, the oh. Elusive Man uh, soundtrack was obviously yes. Yes, just sir. one of the best. One of the best. Um, in, in my in in my opinion, one of the best songs in the history of, of gaming. Um, but then you know you also you can't count out um, Leaving Earth, done by Clint Mansell. Yep. Um, which was on Mass Effect 3's soundtrack. Those two songs, I could listen to them back to back. Absolutely. All day long. But I agree with Bolts uh, that. In this... a death loop. Huh? <laughs> In a death loop? <laughs> In a death loop. Um, but I don't know the, the, the full pricing of this. Um, I haven't seen it anywhere. I, I do know pre orders pre orders will go live March 4th around 1 p.m. Um, I'm sure you'll be able to get them. I, I would assume anywhere music is sold, um, and then probably some video game stores and stuff like that. It says that you have to if you're going to do the pre-sale or whatever ah spacelab nine dot com. Man, there's going to be so many people on that hoe. There's going to be a lot of people on it, uh, but yeah, tell? it doesn't even say it doesn't say the price. I would probably think if it was going to be a box set, eighty-five tracks, it wouldn't surprise me if it was thirty-seven dollars. You know, I was going to say like <laughs> I was going to say like sixty bucks. Um, but, uh, something I have actually been thinking about doing is getting into some of these vinyl records. Um, because like space labs has, I mean, everything they and, really do. And one of the, of course, you know, one of the best soundtracks of all time was elder scrolls Skyrim. Um, so there is um, there's all different types of vinyls on there that all have to do with gaming and stuff like that, which is just super cool, man. Um, so definitely make sure to head over to spacelab9.com and check out all the vinyls that they have available. Um, but they have, I don't think they have like a ton right now, but I know they have R- Russian Attack. They have The Walking Dead. Uh, Skyrim, the Adams Family, Book of Life, whatever else. But even if you didn't want to buy it there and you wanted to find it somewhere else, um, there's many other places that do sell um, video game vinyls. So definitely check it out. <clears throat> Lastly, before we talk about our uh, closing topics, um, Dying Light 2 is reportedly being switched to PS5 and Xbox Series X development. A new job listing on the Dying Light 2 development website indicates that the production is now focused on PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X. This job posting on developer Dam Busters, or Dam Busts, whatever, Dam Busters, I said it right, Dam Busters Studios website, um, recently switched focus to PS, uh, PS5, PC, Xbox Series X platforms. Originally announced in 2014, the sequel had long been in development for PC, PS4, and Xbox One. However, the last console generation came and went 
without the first person zombie title ever hitting the store shelves. So, the cinematic trailer or teaser trailer was was released years ago. Um, and it was, to say the least, um, a hype train video. It was very cool, very fun looking and whatever else. Um, but... I don't know exactly how I feel about the game because it's been in production for so long. There's been a couple of studios that have been attached to it, and supposedly, um, supposedly, um, the publishing studio Deep Silver was very unhappy um, when they parted ways with. Um, I think it was. Uh, Jaeger development. It says Jaeger uh, told away on Dead Island for three years, but ultimately parted ways with the publisher Deep Silver. The Sumo Digital, uh, the group behind Team Sonic Racing, became the IP's new uh, steward before exiting the project roughly three years later. Now, Homefront Revolution uh, developers Dam Busters uh, Studios in charge. Um, so, I'm pretty sure originally when Jaeger was doing it, there was a good chunk of the game that when Di uh, when Deep Silver had had started to look at it, was like, this is not what we were right. asking for. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So then Sumo Digital, I don't know if it was the same exact thing, but I know Sumo Digital has a very good track record of making some very good games. Sumo Digital also just released um, Sackboy Big Adventure. Um, and I'm going to tell you, bro, like that game is fucking fun. I mean, it's fun. It's beautiful. It's got great music scoring. Um, so I would have really loved to see Sumo Digital actually release this game because, yeah, they were behind Team Sonic Racing, but they've been behind many other titles. Um, and uh, they've been more fun-loving titles, of course. Uh, but still, it's it's just more or less that this game has been, been in development for some time. And I cannot say that I am extremely excited for it especially with dying light 2 still helming to come out in the next physical year yeah um i don't know why they're making that dead island 2 um well you know techland techland did dead island and i, and I did not know? like dead island the best um, thing, the best thing about dead island was the original game trailer well yeah that was amazing yeah it was good. one of the best <laughs> It was pretty awesome, man. That that original trailer to where it was like going backwards. Yes, the daughter yes. jumping on the dad and stuff. That was crazy. I'm just saying. But I, I liked the first Dead Island game, but you know that was just a stepping stone for Techland. You know, know what I'm saying? So they, then they bring out you know uh, uh, Dying Light and which was basically spiritual successor and how they wanted to make a zombie mm -hmm. game. Um, so I don't know, man. I just, uh, if the game comes out and it's good, then awesome. But if it, if it doesn't, then it just, I hate saying it like this, but it just wouldn't surprise me if it's not like a top tier zombie game. Um, so closing. So, so question of the night, do yeah. Mortal Kombat characters actually die in the tournament? <laughs> Speaking of that, we haven't even been able to talk about it because of, we haven't been on the podcast so long but please tell me you watched that mortal Kombat um trailer 
Oh, duh. Bro. Have you lost your mind? How amazing was that Mortal Kombat trailer, bro? Dude, I, and, and as much as, I, as you know, Sub-Zero is my guy, has always been my guy. Yeah. And they're turning him into, like, the main bad guy. Yeah. Pretty great. Yeah. Pretty great. Well, I think what they're doing is, from what it seems like, um, they're going around the, like, original story. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, which... The original Sub Zero was not the not the best guy. No, you know, no, he was like, not. He, you know, he was part of the Lin Kuei, of course, but he was he wasn't he wasn't nice. You know, if he had to kill somebody or whatever, then it just is what it is. Um, but the good thing about this movie is that not only not only does this movie take um, take a lot from just the lo- overall am i crazy i know i've muted this like 20 times um not not only does it take a lot of the aspects of like what is great about the mortal kombat games um but it takes the lore it takes the art style it takes everything that we have come to love about mortal kombat and just morph it into this trailer like just this trailer has pretty much set me in mind that this is going to be not only one of the most exciting films of 2021 but it's going to be a one of the best video game adaptation films and, in a and, very long and, time. and one of the biggest things that i was watching was uh because at times when they do stuff like this especially with like these characters that have like these kind of like superpowers mm-hmm. you know shooting fire and ice and 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 having a dragon spiritual dragon come out if they were going to do it like way over the top and they did not do that like with Sub-Zero I mean with Scorpion right there he basically finds a rope with a knife and starts using it and that's where that comes into play you see what I'm saying it's something very basic that you know in some way somebody could relate to that now Sub-Zero is kind of what it is you know he freezes shit you just got to deal with it you know or Liu Kang can summon his dragon spirit and stuff like that but you know Kano's got a laser eye but I'm just saying (laughs) it's not completely way over the top no where it's just like completely unbelievable yeah but it is enough to be like wow yeah you know so it was yeah really and good. what's great about it is like you you can tell from this just from this trailer that not only is the cgi great but the cinematography is great you see um you know you see kung lao you see Jax, you see sonya blade you not only see those characters but then you see you see kano you see melina you see uh shang sung raiden and and what is even greater about this is that a lot of these costume designs and concepts for these characters are obviously taken from the games. You know, like you see Liu Kang with like his original attire from like the first game. You know, you see Sub-Zero and Scorpion obviously obviously have character aesthetics that were from like Mortal Kombat 9 and Mortal Kombat uh X and 11, you know, and even fatalities. Bro, there's going to be fatalities in a fucking movie. There's going to be fatalities. That Like, it just looks great from every single aspect that I've seen. It looks like something that is is going to knock us all in our butts. And I know you're going to sit at home and watch it, but I will be in the theaters watching that. I'll be sitting at home and watching it. I know. No question. Um, I'm going to have my lights on, too. (laughs) Anyways, so 
Yeah, so Sub Zero in this movie is 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 based on Bihan, who is the elder brother. Yes, that eventually ends up getting killed and uh, becomes uh, Noob Saibot. Um, so, <clears throat> but so far, what we see is uh, Cabal is in the game uh, or is in the movie. Uh, Kung Lao, Melina, Shang Tsung, uh, Jax, Liu Kang, Raiden. Cole Young is actually the new character um, in the uh, in the series. So they said that they introduced um, they inter- introduced uh, Cole Young uh, to kind of give it a little bit of a different aspect, uh, like a main character, and it's not always you know because we've seen these movies. You know what I'm saying? We've seen we've seen. A ton of movies out there uh, that have been redone, and it's always the same character over right, and over and over right. again. So I'm sure they didn't want to have the same dude. It's like, oh look, I'm Liu Kang again, and I'm I'm just now finding out <laughs> about the Mortal Kombat um, shit. So, um, but um, uh, what is his name? Hiroyuki Sadana. Um, I guess I probably butchered that, but he is playing Scorpion, and he is such a great actor. He's such a great actor, man. I mean, he he is unbelievable in everything he does. Like, there's I don't think there's been a movie that I have watched that he has been in, and I've just been like, nah, it was okay. He was in Westworld as one of the characters in Westworld. He was in Wolverine as uh, the father um, of you know the heiress or whatever else. Um, he was also just a bad guy in Endgame. Which was great to see him in Endgame. Um, he was in Forty Seven Ronin. He was in um, Lost, of course. Um, he was—I'm pretty sure he was the main bad guy in Rush Hour Three as well. Like I'm almost certain. Um, but it, it, he's just a great actor, and I was so so glad to see it announced that he was Scorpion because I'm like, oh my god, bro, he's going to do such a great job. So moving on, um, real quick. I want to talk about um, my opinions on this. Why does Sony not... Why doesn't Sony support their players like Microsoft does? <clears throat> they don't have to. They don't have to. So I'm no, not like... No, no, no. no, no, no. Well, I'm agreeing You're, you're fixing to go on a whole, whole freaking spiel. So let me just say this real quick. So Microsoft has to do what, is the, what it does to keep their customers entertained happy and focused on what microsoft has okay because microsoft does not have the game list does not have the i mean and and i'll just i'll just stop right there it just doesn't have it doesn't have a game list that it can compete with sony okay as far as exclusives and so on and so forth you have all the third parties you want in the world but so does sony but microsoft going back to the 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 original you know the original xbox one you know there's just for for this generation of console, there just hasn't been much for Microsoft gamers to play. You know, there just hasn't been. So Microsoft has to do everything in its power to love on us, to caress us, <laughs> to keep us informed and yeah. keep us entertained. Because Sony can spit out a Last of Us, a God of War, a Ghost of Ghost of Tsushima, a Death Stranding. A Detroit, uh, or, beca- or is it Detroit Human or someone? I Detroit can't. Become Human. Yeah. I mean, you can spit that stuff yeah. out. And you know what? Sony could be like, here you go. Enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. We don't, and that, that's all they have to do. 
But, you know, and this is obviously the Sony fanboy in me coming out. But, like, I just feel at this point in time, as much as I've played with my PS4 or my PS5, when I compare it to the PS4 and the PS3, it's a pretty console. It's unique in design. The The controller aspect of the game uh, of the system is amazing. Um, I really don't feel the U- UI is as bad as a lot of people say it is. Um, it's very easy to get to stuff. I've never had a problem directing where I need to go or what I need to do. But when it comes down to overall experience, I can't say that I've had as good as a just like, oh my God, experience with my PS5 as I did with my PS4 when it first came out. And it's for small aspects, very, very small aspects. So like, for instance, um, I, I feel like they really put a lot of effort into designing new controllers and new aspects um, for the for the system, but they took away all the small things like dynamic themes, like being able. First and foremost, one of the biggest things that's been a really, really, really irritating thing for me is not having the ability of playing PS3 games on my PS5. It's so irritating to me because the games are on Blu-ray discs. And the fact that the only excuse that they had to say was these games were created um, with the aspect of the cell broadband processor, which was a very unique processor. It's very hard to bring these games onto other systems. The PlayStation 5 is supposed to be the most powerful PlayStation year to date. Has the most powerful technology in it year to date. So I don't understand why it is so hard to be able to give players access to PlayStation 3 games um, and and be able to play PlayStation 3 games day one. I, there, there's still this gray area if we're ever going to get the ability of playing PlayStation 3 games. But, bro, the catalog of PlayStation 3 games is ridiculous. And the only way that you can even play some of these PS3 games is by going through a system of PlayStation Now, which is a total failed and flawed system. Half the game, like, oh, well, get PlayStation Now for $4.99 a month. You could play all these hundreds of games and shit. I can't even download half of them, Sony. I can't even download half of them. And the ones that you have available for download are a handful of fucking titles that just like, it's like, okay, cool. Like, this is the same shit that I played on PS4. Like, for real, half of the games that they have on PlayStation now that you can download and fucking play are games that are available on the PlayStation Plus collection. So why is it so fucking hard well, that should have been one of the biggest fucking things. They should have been like, look at our PS3 lineup, look at our PS4 lineup, make it available. Go ahead, Bulls. Okay. Um, I just have a small, small say in, in this in this argument. Um, backwards compatibility means jack shit to me. Yeah. So I could care less if I could play an original Xbox I Black. That. Hold on. If I could play an original Xbox Black, because because I can download it on Game Pass. Yeah. Okay. But I have this. This powerful system, which is a one, the one X is still a, a good powerful system. Don't get, don't oh, get, yeah. to, you know, um, why would I want to, why would I want to water down my system with that? Why? I, and, and that's, and that's what I'm saying. You know, it's, you, you want to, you want to say is here, why can't I do this? 
why would you want to? Be- because, Bolts, like some of these games that come out to me are the way I look at my games are the same way that a lot of people look at their movies. Like, for instance, Game Exchange the other day. Always have good deals on buying Blu-rays. Buy two uh, buy two Blu-ray sets and get another one for free. Or buy two Blu-rays, get another one for free, or whatever. I got Back to the Future, the Blu-ray set. I got, for some reason, I don't even really like the entire trilogy. I only like the first three movies. But I got the Fast and Furious trilogy. I got the Ninja Turtle Blu-ray set. I got the full Indiana Jones Blu-ray set. I cannot tell you how many times I have watched the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Back to the Future, and Indiana Jones in my lifetime. But the fact that I can go back and watch them on Blu-ray and relive that that movie over and over and over again is just great to me. I could literally go in there right now after the podcast and put Raiders of the Lost Ark in or um, Temple of Doom or whatever and enjoy it like it's the first time that I've seen it because it's such a great film. So I feel the same exact way with certain video games. Like, for instance, Infamous. The first Infamous, Cole McGrath, the whole story, the whole nine yards, such a great game. Another game, Metal Gear Solid 4. I could play that game start to finish over and over and over again. Guess what? It was on PS3. I can't play it on PS4. They never re-released it for anything else. But I can fucking play it on PlayStation now. You know? So that's my problem. Playing it through PlayStation now, I don't get the same quality. I don't even get up to fucking 1080p because what's weird to me, it's just so weird, just to get good quality graphics on it, you have to have a fucking amazing upload and download on a consistent basis so that shit will work. So what what irritates me is the fact that for mo- for the most part if if I could be wrong about this, but for the most part almost all these games on Xbox Game Pass you can download to your system, correct? Yes. Okay, you got Xbox Game Pass, you can download it to your system. Mm-hmm. And guess what? When you download it to your system, it makes the game run better. It makes the game's graphics look better. It makes the game's frame rate look better. But <laughs> fucking Sony can't do that. It doesn't make sense to me. I've seen videos constantly about, for instance, Grand Theft Auto. I saw somebody the other day play Grand Theft Auto Vice City on Xbox Series uh, a Series X. Look great. I mean, bro, listen to me. Looked great. It's running fast, running smooth, looking wonderful. I So I have the trilogy. I have Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, and San Andreas. Some of my favorite games of, of all time. Redownload Vice City today. Bolts. I, I was getting like fucking 20 frames a second today. 20, 25 frames a second. Graphics on it, so washed out. Washed out. While my character's turning left and right. You know, like, you could literally see fucking, like, shadows of his being, like, going with him. It makes no sense to me, bro, at all, that these consoles are launching, or this console, PlayStation 5, is launched, and it is supposedly the most powerful fucking console out there, and it can't, it can't up-boost a fucking downloaded 
PlayStation 2 title? How is that possible? It doesn't make sense. It's because they did not have that in their fucking mind when they released it. Their main goal was the PlayStation 4 backlog. But there's a lot of people like me, for instance, that really like going back and playing those games. That was my goal when I re-downloaded those. I was like, I know how, how, how much I love Grand Theft Auto. I'm going to start with the third one. And I'm going to play through this fucking story. And then I'm going to play through Vice City. And then I'm going to play San Andreas. Because um, I read, I brought, I've played through the Grand Theft Auto 5 story a million times. So I want to play through some of these games on a next generation console. Not even in the aspect. I don't expect to fucking turn it on. It looks like Red Dead Redemption. Or Red Dead 2. You know. But I expect at least to to for it to be playable. You know what I'm saying? It shouldn't be limited. That that's a, that's my problem. It's not even the whole fucking game log. I'm not asking for every fucking game that ever released from PS3 to PS4 to PS5, but I should at least have the accessibility that an Xbox user has. If you buy fucking games on Xbox on the Xbox store, it doesn't matter when, when you bought it. You could literally it could be the first fucking game you ever bought on an Xbox 360. Can you download it or not? Yes. Yes. Thank you. I have purchased so many games on the PlayStation Store since my PS3. It is ridiculous. And I cannot even access those games on my PS5. It's irritating. I, of and, course I can access them right. on my PS4. You know, and, and, and that's the part I don't understand because and, and this is where you and I are different. Yeah. You know, I just to to me, you know, so, Sony is focused on the present and the future of their gaming, which is exactly what I want my gaming console to do. Yeah, I mean, I and, agree with you, bro. You I know, mean, you're you're taking, you know, Microsoft is taking, and 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 once again, like I said, it's just it's one of those things because in my opinion, I'm sitting there looking at Microsoft. I'm like, why why, why are you using capacity so I can play Black on the original Xbox on my Xbox One X because I don't need to. But listen, it's accessibility, uh, and you, I understand but that you completely. Ha- you also have to think about all the fans out there that are like me. Yes, um, and I understand. Like no, no, I said, no, I'm, I under- about, I'm not talking. About- and I understand that y'all want to play your old games. On I'm your new talking system. about money, bro. And I money is money. It comes and goes. Yes, it does. But when you that's that's listen, bolts. That's like if I that's like if I bought all these collectibles right here. Okay, I bought every single one of those collectibles, but. I didn't realize that whenever I bought them and put them on, on that shelf, I was never going to be able to fucking touch them again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're right there, but I can't touch them. I can't move them. I can't do anything with them at all. That's how I feel about this shit. I have a backlog, thousands upon thousands of dollars that I've spent since 2000, 2005, 2006 on the PlayStation Network store, and I can't even access them. If, if I can at least access some of the games and access some of the games and have the ability of at least downloading like half of them, then cool. But when you, what irritates me is that it's obviously possible to play some of these games if you have the ability of playing it through fucking PlayStation Now. So why not change your, why not change your PlayStation Now service? You know, that's that's another thing. Make it more accessible on PlayStation now. 
If you have games on your catalog on PlayStation Now, you're like, hey, here's a fucking 200 games, but you can only download a total of 20 of them. That's just fucking dumb. What is the point of even having the service? Have it set up like Xbox Game Pass to where if I wanted to, I can go in there and fucking download the game and at least to where it can run better and run smoother on my console. But that's just me. That's me. And that, that type of shit really irritates me. I mean, it really, really irritates me. Badly. But I do agree with you. <laughs> I do. I'm glad that they're looking to the future, bro. Because, like, I want, you know, I want God of War to come out and it would just be the fucking amazing game. And then you got Neil Druckmann out here from Naughty Dog posted on Twitter today. And he's like, hey, man, I'm just going to tell you right now, we got some really cool shit to show y'all soon. You know, that's fucking great. That's but, awesome. But, but we can't because we have to focus on putting PlayStation 3 game Uncharted it's, on. Bro, that has I'm just saying, But listen. I know. I know. I'm just saying. But to, listen. To me, that's the it, thing. That, but these developers have nothing to do with Sony's decision Very to do that. Very Sony true. has the money and has the ability of hitting up these other people and saying, listen, let's figure out the best way of getting your game on PlayStation Now services and getting it to where people can at least download it through our downloadable service. That's it. That's all I want, bro. I want PlayStation Game Pass to where I can play a catalog of PlayStation exclusive titles uh, and have it more accessible instead of having to play through a fucking streaming service. Ridiculous. Now I want my goddamn dynamic themes back. Anyways. Um... Real quick hit right here, and then me and Volts are going to shortly talk about Call of Duty. Should multiplayer games switch to GTA-style multiplayer? So, on Screen Rant, they posted this article, and it kind of got me thinking. He was talking about how Elder Scrolls 6, if it had multiplayer, it should switch to an open-world aspect. So, Bolts. Okay, I'll, I'll first say this. If you have a multiplayer Elder Scrolls, what do you do with EOS? It's an MMO. Oh, but it's still an online multiplayer game. Yeah, but still of Elder Scrolls. But it, but it's two different styles. Uh, it's two different styles. See, that's that's kind of redundancy in my eyes. But once once again, if <sighs> I'm just I'm just one of those. But I, how is that redundant? Because you you when you do those two different styles, you don't isolate all the fans. Because like for instance, me, I would love to play multiplayer Elder Scrolls, but I. I, I don't like Elder Scrolls Online. See, I mean, I, I, don't, I, I don't hate it, right? But right. it's just not for me. But see, but see, as Elder Scrolls multiplayer, the only thing I want multiplayer on Elder Scrolls is possibly a, a two to four player co op. That's what I'm saying. Like even well, but mm -hmm. but look, I guess that's more or less what I'm getting at. Not, I guess I wouldn't say GTA style. Because, because I, I would because want then a GTA you would still style. run it, huh? I would I, I wouldn't want a GTA style yeah. multiplayer. I want a two to four player co op, uh, just to where like you and me can just jump in and play, and, and explore the world together. Well, and go still even like that, that would be sick. And that's the only multiplayer that I want. Yeah, but I think it would be cool too because like I'm not gonna lie, bro. Whenever I was playing Red Dead Online, especially when you squad up with people that you know, that shit was cool, bro. I mean, that was awesome. That time that I um, uh, teamed up with some people I used to work with at GameStop, and it was like six of us um, all riding along on our like horses and stuff, like going. Your and, posse. Bro, it was awesome. I mean, it was really, really fun. But 
I mean, I think that it could be successful either way. If it did have an open world um, style gameplay tour, you can just go and do whatever you want to or co-op. That would be cool. All right, so Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War mid-release review. Um, so I'm going to give the, the, the mic to Bolts um, to kind of just share his thoughts. So we've talked about Cold War um, here and there on the podcast. Uh, we, we, we do like the game very much. So, Bolts, if you were to just kind of roughly summarize your experience so far with Cold War, especially with Season 2 being released now, what do you think about the game so far? Uh, you're going to hate me, but it's the same damn game. With different... <laughs> <laughs> it, it's the same game with different aspects of playing the game, which is yeah. which is great. You know, um, Call of Duty is is updating Call of Duty almost. It, it feels like almost every other day, um, and they're putting great, great different aspects into the game, and it's just making the game better and better and better every time they do something. Yeah. Um. So I have to g- definitely, definitely give them props for what they're doing by by making the game more playable. Um, whether it's Warzone, whether it's zombies, whether it's just regular multiplayer, whether it's this or whether it's that, there's just so much content to play in Call of Duty. It's 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 really great for it's really really great for the gamers. Yeah. So, um, I as far as Call of Duty goes, I don't play much zombies. I don't play much Warzone. I can't stand Warzone. Um, I played through the campaign, of course. I don't. Uh, I, I don't play, I don't expand on Call of Duty to the fullest. I play multiplayer, usually team deathmatch or free for, uh, or, or just regular deathmatch. Um, and that's all I really play. And that's, that's my cup of tea. Every now and then I'll dive into some domination, but domination pisses me off because people will worry about kills instead of the actual freaking. Thank you. So, um, and, and I, that's why I don't play a lot of team base like search and destroy or, or whatever else team-based business shit is yeah. out there because everybody's more concerned about kill death. So I'm out there with like two kills, 37 deaths. I've got 27 captures, 61, you know, defends, and then everyone else is like 21 and two. Yeah. I'm like, it just, that stuff bothers me. Yeah. So, so, but as far as the game itself, Call of Duty, and all that it has to offer from Season 1 Battle Pass to Season 2 Battle Pass to all the new up- updates, downloadable stuff, um, it's doing nothing but getting bigger, bigger, and absolutely better. Yeah. You know, better on the stance of playability, of replayability, of the different playabilities. It's just, it's all out there. And, and they just keep adding, and it just keeps getting better, man. I agree with you, Bolts. Um, to quickly comment about what you said about domination <laughs> that that fucking pisses me off so bad bro it, it's so irritating whenever you're playing domination and like for instance i'm shouting my boys out jesus and elvin and them um i haven't played much domination with jesus much but elvin is always talking about kill to death ratios and he's always like oh yeah of course i got 36 kills but like he'll say that sometimes like when we play domination uh-huh. it's like the couple of times that we played it he'll his kill to death ratio is like you know pretty Out- high outrageous and i'm like elvin man look i'm above you he's like yeah but look at them kills i'm like it's domination bro uh, you don't worry about kills for the most part like if you get kills Cool. If you die, cool. The only way you your get, main concern. Uh, the only way you're supposed to get kills in domination is when you're defending. Exactly. Um, but uh, so far, Cold War is one of my favorite Call of Duties. Um, 
I really thought about downloading Cold, uh, World War Two today. Who you tell it? I almost did it the other day, bro. Did you, well, I if really you download did. it, let me know and I'll re-download it. But because um, World War Two is such a good game, but uh, I I re-downloaded Black Ops Three to to kind of mess around with the Zombie Chronicles maps and all that other stuff because it has all of them on there. Um, but I, I started playing some of the zombie maps. I'm like, this isn't the same. I got I got too used to cold war now um and i guess that's a good thing because old school zombies was great it really was but what they have done with cold war as a game mm-hmm. has kind of shocked me because i think modern warfare was really good it was but what what was lacking from it was zombies you know like there was no zombie mode at all i didn't really think it was that big of a deal at first but what made up for the zombies was when they introduced warzone and warzone was very fun for the amount of time that i played it i love playing plunder i love jumping in and the excitement of playing that game is great i mean on the edge of your seat i still to this day it will pop up on tiktok and watch somebody playing warzone i'm like god i should re-download it but i can't i don't want to like I know for a fact I'm gonna get disappointed because I'm gonna get in there and play some games or whatever else, and, and there's gonna be murked. some hackers or cheaters or get whatever murked. else. They can't stop them, bro. Like they're still getting worse and worse. Um, so, but everything they've introduced into Cold War is just—I feel like this game is the ultimate package, especially when you get the battle pass because it's easy to tear up. It's easy, um, bro. I got like 15 badges right now of uh like xp badges like I, i've got so many to- uh, tokens i said badges i have so many tokens for like double xp weapon kills double xp um you know whatever you know and it's just waiting for the double xp weekend to go up and i'm gonna start using the shit out of them but right now when i look back at season like the base game season one and now even season two it's just getting better and better and, and i i'm i'm super excited in the next couple of months for them to announce what's going on with season three because zombies is getting better as well and it's across the entire board your progression for the entire game doesn't just stop on depending on the mode that you're playing which is great it's first call of duty to ever do that um and it even carries over, of course, in a war zone. But one of the biggest shocking things to me that I I still can't really get over was the introduction of Outbreak. So Outbreak takes advantage of the fire team dirty bomb maps and a new map that they added in there as well. Um Golovo or whatever it's called. Um I know somebody's gonna say something about that, but it is a full zombie mode that you can play four-player co-op, go across these fire team maps, do pretty much these objectives however you want to, whenever you want to. Build up your points. Easily, um, uh, it's a much easier path of doing pack-a-punch um, to your weapons. And I'm just shocked by it. I'm shocked by it. I went into a game the other day with some randoms and played up to like level five, I think. Um, had my had my assault rifle um, on the 
third level of packet punch. I had upgraded the damage to, I think, the third level as well. Um, and I have my ammo modifications for the napalm um, uh, ammo at tier three right now. So whenever I had all that connected bolts, I was doing like 900 damage. Wow. Um, and I was, I had got to the point that whenever I was on like tier two and I only had like tier one damage or whatever else, it was taking a good couple of shots to get the zombies down in like level four. But whenever I built up all those points and just took my time and went around and got those loot chests and got the Ethereum crystals and went around the map back and forth or whatever else and upgraded my weapon damage or whatever, then I could, I just I literally bro, like bosses, um, you know, heavy hitters, dogs, natural zombies. It was getting to the point where everybody was getting one-shot kills. And my points were building up and whatever. And, I mean, it's just great. If you haven't had a chance to play Outbreak, I don't see what you're doing. Like, I don't care if you don't even like zombies. Outbreak is a great mode to play, especially with your friends. If you can squad up with, like, three other people and play Outbreak, you, I promise you, you will have fun. Because it's not just another zombie mode. It's like a consolidation of, like, all the greatest Black Ops um, has to offer in the zombie aspect. You got the dragon from Black Ops 3. You got um, some of the big heavy hitters like heavy zombies, armored zombies. You got hellhounds. You got plague uh, plague dogs. You got um, uh, you have all these different zombie style uh, characters coming at you on a consistent basis. Um, and you have loot chests. You have challenges in these maps. You have traversal, easy traversal. You even have jump pads. Jump pads got introduced in the in the zombie mode um, on the the previous zombie mode, fire uh, fire team or fire base Z. Um, but these jump pads, where you could be on one side of the map bolts, hit that jump pad for 500 points, and if like let's say you hit the jump pad for 500 points and I'm right behind you, I can hit the jump pad, and since I was right behind you, I don't even have to pay for it and then while you're on your glider uh, going down you can collect ethereal crystals ethereum crystals while you're in the air um it's easy to figure out where you want to go while doing that you can have vehicle um vehicles in the game which do uh instant death to whatever the hell you're running it over and bro i'm just shocked by it i'm really honestly shocked by this mode it is so fun and, and crazy, it is ridiculous. And another thing, Bolts, I don't know if you've had a chance to play with it yet, but that Farah 83, that new weapon that they introduced, um, the, the assault rifle, mm -hmm. I'm telling you, bro, that thing goes hard in the paint. That is one of the best weapons that they have introduced. And I told I told Elvin the other night while we were playing, I said, I'm telling you, give it a week to two weeks and they're going to nerf this thing because this thing is going off, bro. Like, it does such good damage. But overall, if I were to review it all over again um, on a different review scale, I would say give it a buy. No questions asked. You got to go get this game right now. It's got so much to offer, especially the fact that it's free DLC bolts. Like, that's one of the biggest things. Bolts. Abs no, absolutely. Sorry. <laughs> Fucking bitch. <laughs> no, no, it absolutely is. And and that's one of the greatest things about it. It's all free. Yeah. You know, it's it's free. It's free this. It's free that. Now, the Battle Pass, you got to purchase. But, that's, yeah. that's, but, I mean, I think it's like it's 19 bucks yeah. each season. So, yep. so it's, it's not too bad. 
But yeah, like you said, most of that stuff is free and it's really, really great. It is. But anyway, so we had a pretty full episode for you guys, almost two hours. Love you guys very much. Thank you for checking us out. I do have to say this. Please make sure to do me a favor and head on over to popple.co. Use the code Second Opinion Pro and you can save yourself 20% on a Popple. It is a great device. Uh, it's a little bit bigger than a quarter. Attach to the back of your phone or you can get the TJ, uh, the TJ, <laughs> the keychain version or even the Popple Watch and instantly share your social media profiles with just one tap to the back of someone's phone. Uh, or the middle of an uh, Android or the top of an iPhone um, and you instantly share all your data. Um, there's all different types of designs. There's all different types of uh, versions of this and I'm telling you, it's the best way to share your social profiles, your Twitch channel, your podcast, even if you just wanted to share your email and you know a link to a digital business card that has all your information on it or a link tree or whatever. It's such a great product, man. I'm telling you. Definitely head over to popple.co and of course, head on over to cinelinks.com and check out some of the great original content, some of the great video work, reviews, podcasts, and much more. I really appreciate you guys listening. If you haven't had a chance yet, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and more. We'll be back next week for another great episode. Thank you guys so much. Peace out. Peace.